What's up, Hawks family? Welcome to the Sales Lab. I am fired up to be here. We have the one and only Braden Wagner with us today, bro. How you doing? Good, man. Good. Good. Living the dream. I love to hear it, bro. This is gonna be fun, dude. We got a uh, you got loads of experience and knowledge to share, so I'm excited to dive in. But just a couple things I love about you, bro, is you're an amazing family man. You have how many kids? Three kids. Okay. Not often that you're in door to door and you got three kids, wife, growing family. Uh, phenomenal golfer. How's your thumb, by the way? Not bad. It's healed up now, so we're good. Had a little thumb we're injury good. last year that took him off the links. And uh, just a sales genius. A lot of people actually don't know that because you've been kind of on the management side, but yeah. this guy rips. So side dive in today, man. Give us a little bit of a, a resume rundown. Yeah. Appreciate you introducing introducing me. I need to take you everywhere. So you can just do this for me. It's pretty cool. Um, yeah, so I I, I uh, have been doing this for now. This is going on to my eleventh summer, just barely. Unreal, so, dude. Into my twelfth. Um, but yeah, got into it right after my mission from a mission buddy. Basically, told me I didn't have a choice. He's like, dude, you got to do this. Like, I know you. You're that's, coming out with me. That's a good mission, buddy. Yeah. So that's kind of how it started. And it didn't take much. I was roofing at the time. So looking for any excuse to get off the roof, you know yeah. what I mean? So, yeah, that's kind of where it began. And uh, to be honest, I wasn't the best, like, right off the rip. I got out to Atlanta, Georgia, and I wasn't, like, super motivated. Mm. I did my math. I'm like, okay, I can survive off, like, eight grand. So, you know, as a broke college kid, yeah. I'm like, if I make eight grand, I'm good. That's hilarious. And, uh Tuition, I'm old, so tuition was a little cheaper back then. Sure, inflation. Yeah, so I uh, went out and had the intentions of just making that. Like, mm. didn't really push myself. But my first month, I only sold 16 accounts. Mm. And uh, second, I think I about doubled it, so nothing crazy. And then my third, they put out an incentive. I also had this girl that I thought was potentially the one. Mm. Kind of broke my heart. And then uh, that third month in July, they did an incentive. 2000 bucks cash, and I was like, you know what? I could buy a dirt bike with that. <laughs> and uh, so I went out and was not – didn't the, the incentive itself was to beat your best month by the most. Um, and whoever did that in the company won it. Cool. So I was like, all right, I haven't done great. There's a chance. But I ended up being the top salesman in the company that month wow. in July. Wow. Um, did well over 100 accounts in that one month. And so that month kind of showed me, like, what I was capable of doing. Mm. The job did that as well. It was like, okay, like I'm capable of doing more than I'm currently doing at, you know, with these roofing jobs mm. and other things. So had a ton of belief in myself, came off that summer with some excitement and snowballed. I think I just saw myself as like a certain leader in this space, and I'm still not there, but I'm working on it. So. That's awesome. Out of curiosity, it sounds like you approached the summer with a lazy attitude. Yeah. The incentive kind of turned it on. Did it ever turn back off, or from there was it just like, yeah, I'm I'm all in. No, it 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 was all in until um, the company couldn't keep up with, like operations couldn't mm. keep up with our sales, and so they basically made a couple of us technicians, even though we were selling mm. well. So I sprayed houses like my last week out cool. there, and then ended up going home. So S small company problems, man. Yeah, small company problems for sure. So I I actually was. Uh, Super pumped to come back after that first summer. Cool. I ended up being the rookie of the year. Cool. And um, we only had, I don't know, 20 rookies or so. It wasn't a big company. Sure. But 
ended up being the top rookie that year. And then I came back and decided to go all in on management, recruiting. Um, had a good buddy that was super motivated to, like, come out with me and recruit. And so um, shout out Greg Woodfield. He's he's a dog. But um, him and I went and recruited 15 guys together and went and ran a team that next year. And we were one of the top teams. So That's awesome. Yeah. Cool, dude. So you kept doing that for a little bit. I know I want to hear a little bit deeper on this, but there came a point where you transitioned to saying, hey, I'm going to go start my own pest control company. And you did that for a while. Tell us a little bit about that line of thinking, how it, that came about and how that experience was, and then also how that experience has now benefited you as you've come back into the door-to-door space. Yeah, the the company, again, it was a startup that I was working for. And so I, I never thought about owning a pest control company or having equity in one at the moment. I just was like, dude, I'm trying to find a wife and make money and, right, you know, right. get a cool car. And uh, it wasn't until, like, my third summer um, we just continued to, to grow and grow like crazy that they brought me in and essentially said, hey, like, you're good at this. Do you want to do this long term? Um, we have an opportunity. We could give you equity in the company. Mm. And so the first company I'd ever worked for, I think it was my fourth summer, they gave me a small equitable stake that grew and, like, compounded each year I was there. And so I kind of bought into that. I was like, dude, I was young. The company was worth a couple million dollars. Sure. And I was like, sweet, let's dive into ownership, right? Um, and so that's kind of how thinking that way began. Cool. So, um, but after that, I just didn't see eye to eye. Some of the financial problems were things that I couldn't control. Mm. And so I decided to, I was going to leave the company. And then the guy that started the company that I was working for also decided to leave those investors and we went and started our own thing. So that's kind of how that started. That's cool. Yeah. That's cool. And tell us of that experience. What'd you learn? Yeah, man, I, I think Cause I, we, all we know is the doors, dude. We don't know the ops side. We don't know the finance side. Like give us a little taste. Yeah. Luckily, um, my business partner knew a lot about that. So like, at the time, like, when I started, I couldn't tell you, like, where to buy a sprayer. Sure. You know what sure, I mean? Sure. Or how that worked. And then I got involved in that stuff. And uh, it was exciting. Like, I'd post stuff on Facebook about me, like, putting rodent boxes out in communities in Arizona, right? Like, I would share that stuff, and I was pumped up about it. Um, but my my frustration was, again, I had this vision um, with recruiting and growing, and our funds couldn't support that vision. And it was just this constant battle of like, man, I'd see, you know, I grew up with the owners of Hawks and I see them with these basketball courts and yeah. their guys like wearing Nike shirts. Like yeah. I couldn't even afford Nike shirts for my guys. Mm. So I was like, man, I really wanted to go and do something crazy and build like a really big group. And uh, yeah, it's just, it's hard to do when you're self-funding mm. and, and so that, that was that was the frustrating part. And I learned, honestly, in the whole thing, I learned that I didn't love that aspect of it. Like, I could care less to be involved in, like, operations. For Matter sure. of fact, like, I do better not having For to sure. worry about that. I think a lot of people, uh, they hear about the branch model. They hear about, you know, being in control and the entrepreneurship. And 
they see the greener grass sometimes coming from the sales side where, like you said, they're making great money, but they think that there's more. After your experience, who, what would you say to that individual, good or bad? I, I talk to guys about this all the time because they wonder the same thing. Like, man, could I just go start my own thing? Or um, what does equity look like? Like, I'm looking at these other companies that right. offer that. Right. And I would just say the the easiest answer is a lot of that stuff exists to keep you around without having to pay you top dollar. And so, like, as a business owner and being part of, like, multiple companies on, like, the ownership aspect, it's like, you're trying to pay people as least as pos- possible to be as profitable as you possibly can. Yeah. yeah. Um, and it's hard to keep guys long long term when there's companies that got these dope things and they're growing like a weed. And it's sure. like, I'm not the only one that's probably sitting in a chair like this on a podcast telling people the same thing. But yeah, yeah it's, it's not all what it's cracked up to be. I've done the math multiple times. I would have made more had I just worked for somebody else. Mm. Interesting. So, so fast forward, you come back and you rejoin you rejoin the uh, the brothers yeah. over here at Hawks. Uh, you did something transition a little bit. You did something incredible this last year. Where, in my eyes, you took your family, three kids, dragged them across the country, and you're out in North Carolina for five months or so, right? Yeah. And you're how old? Thirty-two. Okay, crazy. Oh, I have a lot of guys that I meet with and just in the industry I hear they get to 24, 25 and they're like, Oh, I don't want to, I don't want to move my family across the country or I don't want to knock anymore, whether they're married or not. And it's like, dude, here you are yeah. <laughs> 32 doing it. Tell me of that experience. And also what you would say to that rep that's 25. That's like, Oh, I'm, I'm burnt. I'm four years into it. I'm burnt out. I don't want to go knock. I don't want to go like drag my family across. What do you say to that guy? I mean, I think it comes back to that vision, right? Like, I have a vision of what I want to become as a leader, and it looks a certain way, and I just haven't accomplished that. And there there are sacrifices you have to make sometimes. 100%. To make it happen. And so, yeah, I just, job's not finished, as Kobe Bryant says. Like, for me, uh, my first year at Hawks, I had a couple recruits, didn't do crazy, but I sent them out with other leaders. And, uh when I would visit, I just saw the impact that I had, right? And I was like, shoot, man. That fires like, you up. Fired me up. The teams didn't do super well. And so I was like, you know, I need to go back out. And mm. Obviously had that conversation with my wife. We knew it was a sacrifice taking kids and stuff out there. But, um, yeah, I, I look at, like, some of the things I've accomplished this year, and I just think the word sacrifice. Like, I, we sacrificed our time, my wife's time, my kids' time. Um, I went out early and sacrificed that time even because I wasn't familiar with the market. Um, I wasn't familiar with the operations team. I actually never sold an account for Hawks at all. Hmm. So I didn't know like the processes and how that worked and what apps and all that stuff. So I knew I had to go out early to learn the market, to get on good terms with the operations team, which they killed it. They absolutely crushed it. For real. And, uh, they kept up with us and they were willing to like bend over backward for us. And I think it just comes down to that, that early conversation I had with them saying like, look, I'm here for you guys. Um, my biggest thing is like coming from ownership. Like I know that 60% of the problems are the sales guys, Mm. right? It starts in our culture and how we teach our guys. And 
they just respected that. You know, they haven't had the greatest teams before. And so, again, just a sacrifice going out an extra month early or so, trying to get that established before my leaders and guys got out there. So, yeah, sacrifice, sacrifice, so man. So cool, dude. Yeah. So cool. What were, if you were to pinpoint two or three blessings or, like, results slash rewards that you got from going out versus not going out, what would they be? I think I my big thing is, like, there's a lot of leaders that work with guys and haven't gained that respect from those guys yet because a lot of it's, like, back in my day, back in my day, yeah. I did this, I did that. And uh, – for me, I think the biggest thing is, like, I've got a lot of guys that are super bought into Braden, like, loyal to the bone. And uh, that wouldn't have happened had I just repeated what I did before, which is send guys out, visit a couple times, you know, throughout the summer. So that's a huge blessing, getting buy-in. And it's, I mean, I feel like I'm on 20 calls a day with recruiting now. So it's like the recruits are just pouring in. So it's like it's just compounded. Um, those sacrifices have brought forth a lot of recruits. Um, it's created like business partnerships within mm. the company that uh, were easy to gain respect and want to work with me because I went and did something that was super cool this summer. And so, yeah, I think those are like the big ones, right? It's like partnerships, having tons of buy-in. Um, the money's great, but like I'm, I just have that vision in my head where I want this to be. Yeah. And so, I knew I had to go and do these things. Yeah. There's a price to pay. Yeah. I love that. Um, transitioning slightly, you went out and you managed. You had a large team, the best team in the company, correct? Yeah, number one. Um, congrats, by the way. Thanks. So for anyone that didn't know, he was out there, um, North Carolina, Raleigh, crushing it. And we're only as good as our leadership. We're only as bad as our leadership. And so I actually believe your team's results are a reflection more on the leader than the people on the team. And I believe a reflection of you being number one is a great reflection of your leadership. If you were to give us two or three nuggets for anyone that's trying to be an exceptional manager, what would they be? I think it um, one is like vision, right? Like you got to have a clear vision of what you guys are trying to accomplish this year. And as a young leader, I never did that. Hmm. It was just, what does that look like? You know, in recruiting, um, a lot of people might sit back and think that it was boastful or this or that, but I told everybody that I was working with, like, I'm not going to go back to the doors after being off the doors and take my family out there not to be the best team. Like, it doesn't matter if I've got to put an extra couple weeks in I love that. or if we got to knock till shout-out to a lot of the guys like Taysen, Riley, some of the guys on the team that – literally would go, if I asked them to knock to 11 plus, they would do it. Tayson Doxy, his latest sales are probably like close to midnight. It's incredible. Um, during the cup, he would go and get sales like at grocery stores on the way back home. Unreal. So I think they, they all wanted that so bad. And it also helped that there's great teams here, right? Like For sure. It's I, I felt like I was always the, one of the best salesmen everywhere I worked, even in my own company. And uh, it's cool being around guys that are much better and push you. It's just a bigger group of winning guys here. And so being at Hawks helped. And honestly, there's a team out in Charlotte. I don't know if it was one of your teams. Um, 
one of them in the I think it was Char- Charlotte North. But when we were out early, they they helped us sell higher contracts. Mm. We wanted to be the best. We wanted to be That's number cool. one. And there were days where they had less sales than us. They were beating us in revenue. Cool. And so I was like, guys, we don't lose. Like, we got to go out. We, if one guy sells a thousand, con- you know, thousand yeah. dollar contract, we're going to be the number one today. That's cool. So every day we were trying to push for the top, even early, early in the season. So. Cool. Shout out Quinn Kaiser. Good stuff. That's awesome, man. Uh, you've had a ton of experience, eleven years in the industry, and then also multiple different companies. Been involved from your own company standpoint. What makes Hawks unique? What makes Hawks different? Like, for a lot of people that don't know the industry, don't understand a lot of times how incredible the resources and tools we have. Speak to us about that a little bit. Man, I think we've got a lot of examples over here of the difference Hawks can impact you. Like, I'm sitting right next to one, right? Like, just what you've done in your short period over here is super exciting. I appreciate that. Motivates me, you know, and so. I think you look at a lot of these other companies and um, a lot of those positions are filled and you're always going to be underneath somebody. Yeah. And I feel like Hawks allows you to grow and progress as quickly as you want. Even past your leaders, you can surpass them and go do some crazy things and still work with them. But, like, it's just cool to see that. Um, And so I think the route to having big groups and growing quick if you want to be a leader is – just easier at Hawks. Um, I love, like, the digital technician. Yeah, dude. I love the technology. Like, what we offer our customers is just so sick. And it's easy to sell and believe in. You know, especially for me, I remember being pitched um, when I was making the transition of, like, leaving that company that had equity to, um, I believe it was Protection One, one of the security companies. Um and they were offering like crazy amount per sale. Like, like, dude, like I'm in my mind was like, you know what? Like I've done pests for four years. Like ants and spiders aren't sexy. Like I've been taught sure. it's the same pitch. Like I the more you're involved in pest control, I, I feel like it's like most companies are using similar products, you know, like especially the door to door competition. Yeah. Like a lot of us do the same things. And so for me this year having the ability to rely on that technology in my pitch. I used it every mm. day, all day. I taught my guys to pull it out, like to use those tools and resources, I think, were huge. Um, and so I think, yeah, one is you can grow super quick here. Um, they're willing to put a ton of time and resources into your your growth. They want the right leaders to grow, um, and they've proven that. Time and, then, again. and then I think the technology just helps on the sales end. And the fulfillment, like, I, uh, yeah, the operations are just phenomenal, dude. I, I've ac- absolutely loved it. So I love that. Good, man. Coming from a different company as well, it was a night and day difference from an operations standpoint. Usually you're on two separate pages, and it was just crazy to see such an amazing alignment. And so I'm glad you brought that up, man. I got a ton of belief in our service and our operational team. Before signing off, um, any last words of advice for the Hawks family? Yeah, I mean, um, I think as leaders, right, like we, we, it's our responsibility to add value and create vision for our guys. Yeah. 
Um, and this is something I keep telling my guys, but it's two V's, right? We've got vision and value. And we put them together, that's a W. Mm. You know, that's how we win. And so mm. it starts now. It doesn't start when the summer starts, you know. It starts now. Mm. Like, you got to create that vision now. Um, and then the second you stop adding value to your guys, they're going to leave you. And so if you want buy-in, create a good vision, offer a ton of value to your guys, and they're just going to be loyal and grow with you. And so I've just seen that, like, big time this year. If I were to dive deeper into that, what does adding value look like in your world? Yeah, I mean, I think it comes from sometimes we don't know everything. So I think it just comes from our, our morning routine for me. Right. There's a lot of meetings that I have with my guys and I do zero preparation and they're awesome meetings that people are adding value because I just my mind every morning is being fulfilled with a podcast mm. with a book on tape. Like I, mm. I listen to those at the gym. I pull out my notes while I'm walking on the treadmill and I'm taking notes. I share them with even Stratton and Adam a lot of times, you know, they'll get texts from me or a podcast or something that I enjoyed. And so it just becomes easier to add value if you're constantly filling your mind with like great stuff. Um, and so I think that's where it starts. Cool. Um, and then, yeah, just if you got to sacrifice to get your team to the next level, don't be afraid to do the things you don't want to do to get the results you want to get, you know? Love that brother. Thank you so much. It's been an honor yeah. being with you, dude. And I've learned a ton. I appreciate this little tutoring session. <laughs> I'm excited for everyone to listen to this. Grateful for, uh, you, Braden, and grateful for those listening. We'll see you guys next week. See ya.